Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of You're Fine, the empty ramblings of a 20-something searching for some kind of therapy. I don't know what the entire <laughs> long title is of my own podcast. <laughs> I think it's clever. Um, I don't know. Look at look at the look at the thing that you're you clicked on to listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's what it is. Anyway, <laughs> hi everyone. I'm really glad you stuck through the last two to this thing that I'm still going on with, which my guest for the day is nonstop laughing at me because I'm a mess. My my guest for the day is the lovely Courtney Romero, um, who has come down to visit for the week, weekend, few days, handful of days. Um... And so we're sitting in her lovely hotel room today, and she has volunteered to be one of the first people to be featured on the pod that I don't even know the name of. It's my own pod, and I and I don't even know the name of it. So, Courtney, I would love you love for you to just like introduce yourself. I know that's a lot to ask for, <laughs> but like, it just just give us a don't you don't gotta get deep or anything. You get deep if you want to. But I mean, like, just tell us something, just tell us about yourself, you know, you know? Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Courtney, as she just mentioned. Um, I, how long have we known each other, Cassidy? Like, um, we met in 2014. So it's been six years, six, seven, seven years? years, seven years. She's stuck with me forever now. As long as you get past <laughs> the seven year mark. Is that the rule? Yes. I saw it on Facebook. Like. <sighs> probably 15 years ago and that's the only thing that's ever stuck with me so once you get past the seven year mark you're friends forever so good to know you read it on facebook so it's back <laughs> <laughs> i mean i only do my fact checking from facebook so <laughs> so yeah i'm 27 um recently single Woo! <laughs> cassidy and i have a lot in common we do i am a certified trainer and quality analyst for a hospital out in Kansas. Yeah, I've only been in that job for like six months, but so far I really like it. I t- basically what I do is I train the people that check you in for doctor's appointments and or like help you schedule appointments. Yeah, okay, so Courtney and I are, <laughs> did theater together. That's really how we met in yeah. college. I was more of costumes, hair, and makeup, so I was making Cassidy look more beautiful than she already is. And Cassidy. Too generous. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit. I <laughs> <Dad> got her. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I was backstage most of the time. That's what I have my degree in. And Cassidy was on stage. Not either. as often as other other friends. That's true. We really so the topic that we're going to be talking about today. We really should have had Miranda and Allison. I wouldn't say it's definitely a club that we have. No, because the thing is, is that, like, because you you didn't join the club until relatively recently. The club existed <laughs> in college. Yes. Because Miranda called it, I think Miranda's the one who gave it the name. She called it the Dead Parents, the Dead Parents Society. Society. Yeah. That's what it was, the Dead Parents Society. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, because, really, the hardcore three, the trifecta mm-hmm. that started it, because we went into college with dead parents. Yes. Um, were Miranda, Allison, and I. And I ended college with a dead parent. You did. So. Um, because we ended up recruiting <laughs> Logan at one point. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You. 
Yeah. Um, oh, poor them. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, like, the Dead Parent Society. I think that those were, like, the really big ones that ended up hitting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we have dead parents. Um, I'm at the point <laughs> in my life, personally, where it has become a character trait. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if you've reached that point yet. but It's this, getting there. I was going to say, this January is the 10-year anniversary for me. Oh. We're reaching the double digits. Wow. I didn't realize it's been that long. Double digits. Oh, I'm only at four years. Yeah, four years. So. I will say, when we still, reached nine this year, I was like, wow, it'll be 10 next year. That's wild. That's insane. So we'll go over some history real quick of the death of our fathers. Um, oh, yeah, we both have dead dads. Yeah, specifically daddy issues in this party. <laughs> Some would say that yes, very much so. I don't know. That's what everybody says. If you don't, oh. if, if you don't have a father, we were both well. also in sororities. So. Oh, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just thought I'd grab the mic for this bit, so I'll tell mine and then you tell Absolutely. yours. Cool. Um, all right. So my father died of ass cancer, and <laughs> why did you put it like that? <laughs> because it's more fun. <laughs> To say ass cancer than colorectal cancer, even though that is now like one of the, it's so weird. I'll tell you what, the last couple of years, there has been a rise in colon, colon and rectal cancer. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Yeah. Maybe I only notice it because like I experienced it with my father. Um, I started noticing it a couple years ago when I was watching the Today Show back when I watched the Today Show because I don't have cable, or not cable, I don't have cable, but I also like, every time I try to get an antenna, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I really do try to watch the news. It just doesn't work for me. But like there was like, oh yeah, there's this spike, whatever. And I thought that I was only noticing it because my dad had it. But I think it's because we have a more sedentary lifestyle. I say that, but my job has me on the feet almost every single day. So like to me, that is not sedentary. I don't have a sedentary life just because of Oh, is that my how job. you get it? If you sit for too long? Do you want to know what my no, father really said? Oh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're going to tell me. I'm anyway. going to tell you anyway. This is what my father said. This is Jeff's rules to not get ass cancer. Are you ready? <laughs> don't go to the public gym. <laughs> okay. I don't. <laughs> Who goes to the gym? If you're sitting on the toilet, don't play solitaire. For too long. No, he will. He would play a whole game of solitaire. If he lost, he would start over and play until he won, sitting on the how sitting on the toilet. How long would that be? Oh, it depends on how good the game was. Could be anywhere from a minute to ten. I don't know if it was specifically solitaire. Honestly, every time I bring it up, my mom and my brother can correct me. Apparently, it was a different card game, but it was a card game. Okay, it's a card game on his phone, I assume. No. Courtney, this was 10 years ago. <laughs> That's true. Well, they had, like, little, like, oh, whatever. Smartphones were not really a thing yet. Like, we were starting to get into the iPods, so the eye touches, whatever. Like, like, a deck of cards in the back? <laughs> Man, I wish. I wish. You pull, down, <laughs> you pull down the table. It's attached to the wall. You deal yourself. He no, he had... He had, like, a handheld game device thing oh. that only played that game. Okay. Okay. It I definitely only played that like game. That yeah, yeah, yeah. They existed then, and, like, you could get it just for that game, okay, so whatever. Okay, but did he keep that only in the bathroom? 
Um, I mean, he kept it in, like, the sink part of the bathroom because my parents' bathroom, you know, like, it was a master bathroom, so they had the sink part. Right. And then they had, like, the toilet room, so he would grab it from the sink part and go to the toilet room. If he was not using, if he was not using the bathroom in the master, he would go back to that bathroom, pick it up, and then go to the regular guest bathroom. But then, bathroom. at that point, why would you just not use that bathroom? I mean, he did mostly use that one. Yeah, makes sense. So anyway, those are just rules on how not to get ass cancer. Um, but he had it. Um, he had it for a year or so or whatever. But Jeff was not smart. Jeff refused to go to the doctor at all times, right? So he did not go get his colonoscopy until, like, five years after you were supposed to get it. By the time he went to go get his colonoscopy, they were like, bitch, you have cancer. Um, And it's fucking, like, stage three or some shit. (laughs) Like, it was really bad. It was really bad. Fun fact, I had a colonoscopy last year. For what reason? (laughs) Because... They were. Th- they thought that I had Crohn's disease okay. or something, so they were checking to make sure that I didn't. Tenfold. I don't have Crohn's, thankfully, but I just have really bad intestinal issues. <laughs> I was gonna say because I went to the doctor recently because I was like I would like to get a colonoscopy starting at the age of twenty five because of Jeff because I want to take it this seriously. Granted, well, with that being said, sense. yes. But granted, with that being said, uh, that by that standards, I'm not going to get it. And Chase will. <laughs> Because James is a little bit more like dad. Anyway. Because he's like, on the toilet for too long. Oh, 100%. That's TMI. I'm so sorry, Chase. I'm not sorry. You know he is listening to this. We're sorry. I swear that boy has IBS or something. Oh, probably. Um, because that like also animal. runs through my family. I do not have it. Um, thankfully. But um, I tried to go to the doctor and be like, hey, I would like to start this and they asked me when he was diagnosed and then they took off like 20 years or something I don't remember how they did it but I'm gonna start getting it at 35 so in 10 years well that makes sense yeah um just for screening and they were like you'll probably do it every five I was I like cool beans back, like in Kansas then oh no this is my doctor here in Florida oh, is it? oh well that's good I have not had a primary care physician for 10 years this is my first primary care physician in 10 years okay, but my girl would learn something from the death of your father? my girl my my doctor retired on us and then every other doctor in Kansas was not accepting new patients so I was like cool beans and then I came here and like that was the first thing I did was find a primary care physician um because I was like I would like to do this so Jeff had cancer ass cancer he did chemo he did all that stuff um i have lots of really great stories about my father she says sarcastically um which we're not going to get into daddy issues because we're going to talk about death and shit because death and shit is uh, it's something that i like talking about specifically because it's something that people don't really talk about he recovered from it he was in remission for i want to say a year um and then we went on our family trip to Europe. It was the first time all of us had been to Europe. My dad had a colostomy bag, all that other stuff. Um, And my mom could tell something was off the entire trip. And then on the way back, she was like, it's back, isn't it? And he was like, hmm. He had had a doctor appointment right before we went. He decided not to tell us until after the trip. And then that's kind of like when it went the downfill because it had spread to his lymph nodes. It was all over the place. It's like after that, it's like non-recoverable. He just didn't want to tell you guys basically. At first, yeah, because he wanted us to enjoy our vacation. Um, He held out through the holidays, um, ended up in hospice care in early January of 20... 
14. I did, no, whoa, 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 2012, sorry. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was all right, yeah, no, 2012. I graduated high school in 14. <laughs> he ended up in hospice care early January uh, 2012, and he passed away in early January 2012. Um, so, yeah, it's been almost 10 years. That's the story of Jeff's death. Jeff's death was also the first funeral I ever went to in my entire life. I I'm dead serious. Oh, wow. I had okay. never been to a funeral before. Like when we were going through everything, I didn't know how they worked. I didn't know what was said. I knew that eulogies existed, but I didn't know about anything else. I didn't know that, that people would like walk by you at the end of a funeral and everyone would hug you. That like and that your high school worst. counselor, who's the worst counselor on the face of the planet, would walk up to you and hug you and say, if you need anything, I'm here. And then you're like, when have you ever been here for me? <laughs> sorry, what's your name? No, like it was the very first, like, and I was not prepared for any of it, didn't know any of the, like, whatever. And because my dad was young, so many people showed up. There was oh, yeah. a overfill room. Yeah. Um, my brother's friends came. My friends came. My wow. mom's friends came. Family from forever came. Um, and it was just, like, absolutely insane that like and the only funerals that i have been to have been family member funerals since then yeah um thankfully it's because no one that i know have, has died i guess like both of our um i didn't realize like how similar both like your dad's death and my dad's death are kind of i guess they're relatively the same almost yeah Especially, like, with the Europe trip. I mm -hmm. didn't realize that it was, like, after the Europe trip that you guys had gone on. Because I've seen, like, baby pictures or something of, I guess you weren't really a baby. <laughs> baby picture. I but I like think I've seen them. pictures from that trip mm -hmm. um, that you posted, like, on our group chat and stuff. Oh, yeah. But, so, my dad... I'll just turn it a little bit. <laughs> um, so, my dad was... Oh, gosh. In his mid 50s maybe early 50s i i 53 53 or 54 close to when my dad was too yeah and so relatively young and he so i graduated college in 2017 in of may 2017 and i planned um evan and i um who's also in our like big group of friends um, had planned a Europe trip for a month long throughout the month of June into like the first week of July. And so I left for that, for that month long trip to Europe mm -hmm. with Evan and I come back and my dad is like basically at death's door. Yeah. It felt like. And so. When they deteriorate, they deteriorate like. Yeah. Well, like hard. the thing is, is he wasn't even really sick mm -hmm. before I left. And so, or like really even knew anything was wrong um so my dad had had throat cancer i believe oh, that's right. so he had had throat the... yeah he had a um oh god what is that called on, he is he's literally rolling in his grave right now um a, he had a prosthesis is what but what is that called he basically had a hole in his neck that he had throat cancer like many years before I was born and that's not what he died oh, of. I didn't know that. Yeah, he so he had that um tracheotomy. Oh my god, that's what it's called. He is I could like hear him in my head going, "Corny, 
what are you doing? So he had a tracheotomy when probably like way before I was born, like probably almost 30 some years ago. Mm-hmm. And so from having throat cancer. So we come back from this Europe trip, right? So it's 2017. Um, basically, my mom is just like, he's going to go to the doctor. We don't know what's wrong with him. He's like refusing to eat. He is really confused all the time. And I'm like, okay. Like, of the couple of times that I like FaceTimed them while I was in Europe, he seemed fine. He seemed happy. And I was just like, what happened in the month that I was gone? And my mom was like, I have no idea. He just like stopped eating. He, or like, she would say, you know, he would look at her and she'd be like, do you want to eat something? He's like, no, I just had like a 10 course meal. And so you would think that's like, like early onset, like dementia or whatever, but it wasn't. And so after like a couple of trips to the doctor and like two or I think it was two hospital stays, um, actually (laughs) my primary care physician that we, you were just saying you Mm -hmm. didn't have one, um, who I have now is actually the physician that figured out what he has. Um, I cannot tell you how you say like the actual term because the word is ridiculously long, first of all. And so basically, I'm, I'll describe what happens. So in the brain is gray matter, basically. And a white film had grown over his brain hmm. and blocked some sort of like receptors in his brain that were telling him that he wasn't hungry. Like, so like he wasn't really feeling anything. Um, he was also an alcoholic. So, so was mine. So, you would think, like, honestly, that's what I really thought was going to kill my father Mm -hmm. was like dying of like liver failure or liver disease. Um, but by the time, like, that was, I think that had kind of partly to do with like the eventual like takeover or whatever happening on his brain. But when he actually passed. It was, I think the actual, like, note on his death certificate is, like, malnourishment. Interesting. Yeah. It was, there was, um, we're going to get deep real quick. So, his primary care physician that he had, had told my mother in one of the, um, in one of the doctor's appointments of trying to figure out what was wrong with him Mm -hmm. and basically he's not a very good physician did not does do not like the man do not don't ever recommend him to anyone he um told my mother that if she did not like force feed food into like my like give my dad basically that he was going to call the police whatever and have her charged with assisted suicide whoa yeah that was not not a fun um after doctor's visit Mm -hmm. because me being what 22 23 like going what the hell like my mom coming home with my dad and like my dad's already like confused at this point and he's just like what's happening pretty much he's like he didn't he didn't understand why he was going to so many doctor's visits so that's why we were also like well maybe he did have like onset dementia or whatever like sudden so 
but like having to cope with my mom like hearing those words of like oh I'm basically going to be like your assisting is suicide like I'm going to throw you in jail basically like I don't say I don't know if the physician can actually do that but I'm sure you could file a police report and then they have them look at it but she was a wreck oh yeah for sure after that point so okay that's it that's, that's all it I got. got that's okay um now I'll, I'll dive into the question portion of the evening yeah sure what you got because you know we have we've had a, these are some pretty hefty stories I'm gonna have mm. to do some hefty editing but that's okay um <laughs> plus also we haven't really like when I mean, we hung out recently but like how often do we see each other not often no so it's just mm-hmm. easy for us to just talk to each other that's true um, <laughs> and it's dead dads, you know, it's a fun thing to talk about. Um, so, um, I know that, like, your mom was primary caretaker. Something that, like, Allison and I talk a lot about is how Allison was, was the primary caretaker in her situation. Your mom was primary caretaker. How did you... For, I guess, for the most part. For the most part, I was going to say, did you end up yeah. taking over some of that primary caretaker? Yeah. How did that end up... How did that end up weighing on you? Was it, did you feel like you were mostly taking care of him or did you feel like you were mostly taking care of your mom? Ooh, that's a really, so almost a little bit of both. So when I came back from that Europe trip and Mm -hmm. he was basic, basically at death's door, Mm -hmm. um, I had had a job lined up to work at a costumes, like a costume supply shop or something in in Kansas, God, Kansas this City. Is bringing back so many memories. I feel like oh, I remember this so gosh. much. Oh my gosh! I literally went to that job for like two or three days, mm-hmm. and by like I didn't even make it through all of training. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my mom from. It was like maybe like a four hour shift. Like it was a part time part time job, and so I remember calling my mom, and I was just like, I don't think I like I can't do this job right now, and have try to take care of my dad and try to take care of you mm-hmm. and you still have to work a full-time job yeah so I was like I'm gonna just say you know what I'm not gonna do this job anymore and I'll just take care of my dad so it did kind of turn into me being the primary care like person taking care of him um but obviously it was still my mom was still there um how'd you end up balancing like making sure you ended up because t- I feel like a lot of times, like, while you have a parent who's taking care of a parent or whatever, it shouldn't right. fall on the kid, but so often it does, and picking up the pieces, not necessarily taking care of, like, the person who's dying, per se, mm-hmm. but picking up the pieces of everything else around it. Like, I found myself taking care of my mom, and, like, the after, like she was taking care of my dad, so I was taking care of her, I was taking care of my brother, making sure that she had nothing to worry about. How did right. you end up handling that? So, I mean... Being an only child, mm-hmm. that I didn't have that sibling to worry about, so I was literally only worrying about mm-hmm. my mom. Um, so it was kind of like I would do things like around the house for my mom, on top of, you know, taking my dad to doctor's appointments or just honestly just sitting with my dad most of the day because after we found out what was wrong and everything, he could not be left alone. Like he, he was not necessarily going to hurt himself but he was notorious for falling Mm -hmm. also so it was like he had to be watched 24 7 so if it if I wasn't watching him my mom was or I mean my family babysitting job yeah so that's where it kind of fell to me to be like you know I needed not do this job and just stay at home with him but just 
I mean, obviously we had great friends and family around sure. too. Um, especially because like, I think everyone did recognize that it was just me, my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And so we needed extra help because our family is so small. Right. So yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> what was the rest of your question? How did that weigh on you mentally, having oh, to like, take care of that? Um, and how did you end up overcoming any of that? Like, how did you end up taking care of yourself? I guess I really didn't, except for now. <laughs> I up the mood. I, uh, so like I like mentioned earlier, I just like got broken up with after four years. Um, and finally was like, you know what? I need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I did therapy. I'm still doing therapy. My next therapy session is what? Next Sunday? Next Saturday? Um, I love my therapist. So, yeah. she's Mine's been pretty great so far. We've only had, I think this coming session will be our sixth session. So I do, I feel like, um, so at the time, my boyfriend was kind of my person that I would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, because oddly enough, um, Literally two weeks before my dad passed away, his grandpa passed away. Do you remember that? Yes. Li- like, literally two weeks to the day. Like, I – maybe not to the day of him passing, but, like, the two weeks to, like, his funeral. Mm-hmm. So, within a month, I was, like, at two different funerals. And it was – like, it was insane. I had never been to that – many funerals in a short amount of time how did that affect you or did you just feel like it, you were numb to it oh the time? and so like with um I guess when I came back from Europe and it it, it felt like everything happened so quickly yeah. and since I was with my dad for the majority of it I felt like I kind of started doing the grieving process mm-hmm. like as soon as I found out so by the time we actually you know he got to go, he, like, he went to hospice, like, hospice came in to the house, and, you know, he died. It was just, like, almost a relief at that point, because huh. it had been, you know, three, four, three or four months of me taking care of him, and just me going through the motions of, like, this is what I'm doing this day, This he's got to go mm-hmm. to this doctor's appointment, and so, like... I mean, no, that's, like, sounds awful. No, it, the but... reason why I laughed is because in the last, like, six, eight hours that my dad was alive, yeah. he was having nonstop seizures. Oh. And my yeah. mom and I were really the only ones in the room. At one point, my mom just, like, she was like, you gotta get out of here. Was he um, at home? No, this no. was in hospice. He was in hospice. Okay. This is in a hospice at this point. And like, it was nonstop seizures, and it got to a point where I was, like, I just want this to be done. I am tired. I don't want to see him liking this anymore. Yeah. And there is that weird sense of relief when you see someone who you love who has been suffering for so long Mm -hmm. that there is a weird sense of relief that you have when it's finished. Yeah. Like, it's sad, but at least it's done. There's no more suffrage on that part. There is only healing from that point on. Yeah. So, I... My dad passed at, like, two or... Maybe in like three or four a.m. I can't, I honestly can't remember. I so my dad was did hospice in the in our house mm-hmm. in my mom's house, and we had him set up in our guest bedroom, and he had been technically in a coma for I think 
two full days at that point. Um, weird in those last few. Oh hours. my! Like mm-hmm. I that whole Jeff week. Jeff was not in the room in the last no. like, two days. So it's so so with my dad's trach. Mm-hmm. Um, you they say like death has like a gargle or whatever, like a gurgle oh, or whatever. We're able to fucking hear it. Um, there is no way that I will ever be able to get that sound or the smell out of my head because so with so basically what happens is like their lungs start filling up with fluid Mm -hmm. and so but my dad didn't have a normal like swallow basically Mm -hmm. so it started coming up through his trach Uh uh-uh gross i'm out of here (laughs) (laughs) love you yeah (laughs) well my mom hadn't slept in probably you know days at that point it felt like and so um the hospice nurse was like I think you know I think like we had a house full of people at that point um and she was like I think he's he'll probably pass tonight and so the hospice nurse the hospice nurse also ended up being a family friend that we've met like my mom Mm -hmm. like grew up with her and she knew my dad and so she was like, I, she was like, I think it's going to happen tonight. She was like, I would suggest you send everyone home and it just be you and Courtney. And so we sent everyone home and it was me. It's so strange. It was me and my mom and my dog. And so I've had five people in my life pass and we're going to get out superstitious here, but I <laughs> swear. So clearly this is like midnight. Like, midnight to, like, 3 a.m., I am awake, like, trying to clean up my dad because the death gargle is happening or whatever, Mm -hmm. and my mom is literally asleep on the floor, and my dog is, like, guarding and protecting her, and I, Cassidy, I swear to you, on my dad's grave, (laughs) (laughs) that I saw five distinct shadows walk past the door and like down our hallway and oh my god I don't want to start crying so like my mom my mom's mom is gone Mm -hmm. his mom and dad were gone my brother who I never met was is gone um and my uncle Danny Joe who's my mom's brother who was really great friends with my dad so like like they were they were there waiting for him and I'm just like like when I tell you that I saw those five shadows, I was just like, because it wasn't like five shadows like all at once. It was literally like one at a time, like walking down, like they almost like, like they were, in. yeah, like they were pacing the hallway almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so weird. But so he ended up pass obviously passing that night, mm-hmm. and at one point I was I just got like this feeling that I was like, I it's gonna happen within like five minutes. And so I wrote. Just like, end up knowing at one point. Yeah, it's so weird. So, like I said, my mom was asleep on the floor in front of me, and I was sitting in like this desk chair that we had that was just right next to him. And I like wake my mom up, and I was like, I think it's about like I'm like I'm sorry. It's like I know you're trying to sleep, but I was like I think it's about to happen. And so, literally within five minutes of her getting up, he passed. And I was just like, what is happening? I don't know if you've experienced this yet, because, like, you said you're, it's, like, what, four or five years for you? Yeah, four years. Um, 
I've gotten very comfortable with death because yeah. since my dad has passed away, like my grandpa passed away just this last year, my uncle passed away. Yeah. Um, I'm just very comfortable with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, it's like Ugh, death. I honestly like talking about the uncomfortableness of it. Yeah. Because, which is why I'm like, yeah, you want to talk about dead dad? Absolutely, because <laughs> death is uncomfortable and no one talks to you about it. And honestly, just mm-hmm. having a conversation about how what we went through, I feel like could help anyone out with like what to expect because no one talks about it. It's annoying. But when my uncle passed away, um, just this year, I had the opportunity to at least go get to see him in May, which was like a month or so before he passed. Yeah. Um, not even, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. It was probably like two weeks prior. Um, because I went up for my cousin's baby shower. Um, this is the weird thing. My cousin was having a boy. Um, oh, we God. were wondering if there was going to be like a weird moment, like when he passed away, would she go into labor? Because oh, she went into labor absolutely. Like, like three days after he passed away. Which is so you weird. cannot tell me that his soul is not in that <laughs> Right? He's going to come out like carving wood things. <laughs> no, but, like, I've gotten to this point where, like, I can, like, uh, like your your hospice nurse, obviously, like, they see death all the time, so they are able to kind of, like, have an idea yeah. of what's knowing. So, like, we went into this, and I went to go see them, and I'm almost like, yeah, no, so what they've been telling your aunt and um, their kids is that it looks like it's going to be, like, a couple of months. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. We get in there, we sit down, we're talking. Yeah. I leave that place after seeing him, just seeing him. Because, like, he was talking like he was still fine, right? Yeah. But seeing the way that he looked and the way that he moved around, I looked at my mom, I was mm-hmm. like, he's walking out the door. He is on yep. his way out. Like, I'm glad that I came up here to see him. I'm glad that we made this trip because he's not going to be around much longer. Like, you can sit here and you can say these things to his kids, but I know. There's no way that he's not. My mom was like, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. There was actually, I just talked, listening to a podcast, I think, maybe on the plane ride down here, Mm -hmm. they were saying how, like, you know, in, when someone is in hospice, was he in hospice at that point? My uncle? Yeah. No, they never put him in hospice. They never did? Yeah. So they, uh, they were saying how, like, it seems like they get better for a couple of days mm-hmm. and they're like they could be up they could be eating they're walking or whatever and then it's literally within like the next couple mm-hmm. of days they always said when my dad was in hospice they're like no one ever leaves out the front door yeah they always oh. out the back i have a lot of really unless funny you're visiting i guess yeah, i hope right, so right, right, right um i have a lot of funny stories from when my dad was in hospice but um, not about my dad. Well, no, one of them is about my dad when he was in hospice. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> one of them features my mother shouting at me and my brother. Me, as you can't tell, my, I'm, I'm loud. My brother is the same way. One of them features my mom shouting at me and my brother to be quiet because people down the hall are trying to die. <laughs> Another features... Um, <laughs> Courtney's on the ground laughing. Like, actually, like, rolling on the floor laughing. Um, but I can, like, I can, can hear it. see and yeah. hear your mom saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The other features <laughs> on the last night my dad was in hospice, me walking in saying, hey, Dad, can I have permission to stay the night here and not go to school tomorrow? And he said, yeah, of course, but I get the bed. I'm like, well, that was never a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm glad you have that. Like, I don't have that kind of memory, no. like, before my dad passed. 
like I mean, like those are like the only like really good moments like yeah. right like because like those are the moments when he was coherent or whatever before like he was like that was like one of the last coherent moments I had with him before like you know zip zap zap mm-hmm. <laughs> out the door he goes <laughs> um I was gonna ask something else what was I gonna ask uh, I wonder if your dad and uh, ex-boyfriend's grandpa were in the same hospice facility. Because they're both in... Speaking? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know Maybe how many... Be. I guess I don't know how many hospice facilities I say, how long did it are. take for you to go to therapy after your dad died? Uh, four years. Wow. Oh, really? This was, like, it? Oh, this has literally been within, like, the okay. last month. 10-4. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you saw anyone before then. How do you no. think that's affected you by now, just now, going to therapy? Oh. A lot to unpack? Oh, a lot to unpack. I mean, it, like, it was it was actually funny. So, on my dad's um, four-year anniversary of his death, I actually had a therapy session, like, the day before, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and she was, like, obviously, I'm still getting to know my therapist, and she's sure. still getting to know me. And so she, I was like, it's probably going to be a really tough day tomorrow. And she was like, oh. She was like, why? And we hadn't really, because I went to therapy to cope with my breakup. Let's see if I can find something on here while you're saying yeah. that. Go for so it. I went to therapy to cope with my breakup, obviously. Um, or getting broken up with is how I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hadn't really talked to her about my dad yet. And when I finally took that opportunity to say, like, Oh, yeah, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He died from whatever this disease is called that I still can never say after four years. And she was like, oh, I am going to send you a worksheet to work on. I was a like, worksheet? oh, great. Okay. And so she sent me a worksheet and it was, oh, gosh, I might have to find it. It was basically, oh, it was um, discussion questions for adult children with alcoholic parents interesting it was a it was a great discussion question like discussion question yeah so that we can like sit down and sort out what you're doing before like she ends up like yeah things that's so smart so i felt like and i i really feel like i took like my time to truly answer those questions and so like she can know who like know a little bit about the situation i guess um, is this your first but, yeah. therapist that you've tried, or did it, you shop around before you found it? No, her? this is actually, it's like, was like my first one. That's so lucky. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. I was gonna say, I've had, I was gonna say, when I tried to get a therapist in college, yep. when things were really rough, um, during the time, yes. um, <laughs> not gonna say that. Yeah, we don't know. need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> maybe for another time, who knows. Um, the the therapist that I tried out there that like turned me off of it for a while it was the first therapist I've had since my dad had passed away because the hospice care that we went with provided a therapist for us like a family Uh, therapist yeah um to work with we would have family sessions and we would have separate sessions so like when he was at hospice he would just show up and be like hey guys let's chat for like five minutes so that was really nice I think they probably offered that with my dad too but Mm -hmm. I don't think my mom would ever 
Like, yeah. we didn't ever do it. My so. mom was like, your children, you need to, like, sort this shit. That makes sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> my brother was in middle school. My brother had anger problems, so he was in football for two years. Can you imagine oh. that? My brother in football? No, I can't. Oh, I have some really funny photos of him as a football player. I will need to see this. Um, Sorry, Chase. <laughs> but um, the therapist I had in college, he's like, the thing is, is that with therapists <laughs> is that, like, you have to shop around. You don't always knock it out of the park. The mm-hmm. one that I had in college, he, I would, like, talk to him and he'd be like, well, how does that make you feel? I'm like, bro, that's not, that's not a good question. Yeah. I literally just told you how I felt about it. Do not ask me that again. I will say the therapist that I have now, I would jump in front of a train for. I have said that to her. <laughs> and how she, does she <laughs> feel about that, She though? just goes, uh-huh. She knows that I'm just like, I haven't won a wordsmith, right? I love uh. her so much. Honestly, she might start listening to this podcast. I don't know. Hello. Um, <laughs> I don't know. She's very supportive of me. I love her with my entire soul and being. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But, like, I, it took me a while to find, like, the right one. And, like, honestly, it's fine to shop around. My roommate is still shopping around for people. And people will always ask me who I see. And I will always, like, recommend her, like, group or whatever because she's incredible. But, like, the thing is, like, it's impossible. Like, it's impossible to find. And not impossible. It is possible. Haha, <laughs> with me. Um, <laughs> like, you don't always find, you don't always knock it out of the park with this one. And I'm glad that you're finally seeing a therapist about this because there is a lot to unpack. Especially if you have a parent who dies like whether they were in your life or whether they were not like it's still something to unpack because like you have to like go through those emotions and you have to understand Mm -hmm. those things and it's difficult and I like to pretend sometimes I'm an unfeeling robot about things and people will look at me and they'll be like you are a human being and I'm like yeah ha 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 let me make jokes for the people um unfeeling robots March 6th What's your... I'm a Pisces, which is really oh. funny because you're supposed to be super emotional. Yeah. But I like rejecting it. Um, I was like, I just recently got into astrology, so I'm like learning all I can about <laughs> Pisces, sun, Libra, moon, Leo rising. That's I, what I am. I think that's a Leo rising coming out that makes me want to not probably. be a, um, Yeah. Scorpio, sun. Scorpio, moon. Are you triple Scorpio? Pisces. Oh. <laughs> Right. Gotcha. I have so many emotions and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I do. I bury them. That's my Leo saying, shut up. Just, I've just in the last few, like, months, like, learned that, like, it's okay to have feelings and, like, express them towards people. And I like to say that my last relationship probably helped me, like, unlock that a little bit. Um, but... I definitely think that, like, you, even if you want to be an unfeeling robot, therapy still is a good thing. And, like, obviously, if you lose a parent or you don't have a parent in your life, you should probably go see a therapist. Um, everyone just needs Everyone just needs regardless. therapy. <laughs> um, your therapist needs a therapist. Everybody needs a therapist. Um, this really turned into a therapy, like, promo. Promo, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what, what happens when you lose a parent? You should probably go talk to someone about it who is yeah. educated in it. Because, like, the worst thing that you can hear is I'm sorry for your loss. What are you sorry for? Did you kill them? No, you didn't. <laughs> That's always what I thought. That was That's... the biggest thing when I was at the funeral. When yeah. I was at the funeral and I had everybody coming through and they were like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was overwhelmed. There were, I, a lot had happened the oh. weeks prior. So much had happened. In fact, when we went to like put him in like the little, because he was cremated and we put him in this octagon thing. Um, and like this podium of the octagon. <laughs> I looked at it and put it away. I, like we had spent like hours picking his little like cof- tiny coffin for his ashes. And I looked at my mom dead in the eyes. I said, how much do we pay for this and never look at it again? And she said, I know, right? <laughs> We had been through oh so my much. God. Did you get did ridiculous get or no? No, he's full on buried. Did you have open casket or closed? It was open casket. Did you go walk up and look at him? 
Yes. Okay, so here's the thing, is that I will say, while death is fine for me, dead bodies do tend to freak me out quite a bit. Yes, I do agree with, I I agree with that. I honestly, I think my dad's dead body is the last body that I've Mm -hmm. seen in a ca- in a casket. I will say it's an art form what people do to make yes. them look that way. I have a friend who works on dead bodies. Um he's incredible. With my dad when yeah. he was cremated, um we were told that we were allowed to put whatever we wanted with him. Like in the body bag? Like for to go be set on fire. Weird. So we all wrote letters. Um we found a couple of things that were important to him like a t-shirt, like other things and we put them with him and they all they all set them on fire together and right. so that way it would all be combined together. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah, no, that I didn't know you could do that. That's yeah, there you go. The more you know. <laughs> so my dad was a oh gosh. In his lifetime, he Sorry. did the like wasn't like super high up in hospital stuff, but he was over housekeeping. He was like the director of housekeeping of certain hospitals, and so he wore like dress shirts and dress pants and ties like majority of his life and so my mom and I decided that we were going to dress him in a button-down shirt but his favorite thing to wear was his like pajama pants and slippers when like he got home so did you do half and half so we did half and half he his body is buried with a very nice button down white button down shirt and he was buried in his pajama pants and his slippers i honestly love that yeah death is weird death is weird death is very strange do you have anything else do you want to add i feel like we've been talking for a really long time all right this is the time for self-promo if you want people to follow you on anything or anything if not then you don't need to share anything i have nothing to promote <laughs> do you want to, you want to follow I you on instagram to, you don't have to if you don't want to i post a lot of uh, recently it's been a lot of dog photos all right well in that case i'll say that this is our closing i've had fun talking about this mm-hmm. i hope that any of this is helpful for anyone who might be going to it really was just us talking about our own specific situations more so than anything else everybody's situation with death is different everybody's situation with their parents is different Losing a parent is still weird and awful, um, no matter how close or not close you are to them, because, you know, it's it's something new that you have to change within your social dynamic and how you talk to people, because, I mean, I'm always weirded out when people are like, oh, what do, what do your parents do? Oh, my mom does this. Oh, well, what about your dad? Well, you walked into it. That's when you get the dead dad jokes. <laughs> I'm like, well, my father's dead, so. Death is weird, um... Losing someone is weird. Um, I don't know if this helps anyone or not, but it was at least therapeutic to us. Maybe it will be therapeutic to you, too. Um, I don't know. Go to therapy. The whole point of this is just to, like, find clarity in life, you know? Yeah. We all die in the end. Might as well be comfortable with it, right? That's true. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Courtney. I hope you have a safe flight tomorrow. And um, I'll talk to the rest of the 20 people who listen to this later. 20 20 that's my bet right now at this one there'll be more hopefully i don't know <laughs> all right well goodbye Bye. everyone